let's do a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. That was the smoothest countdown you've heard in a while here, folks. Uh, welcome to the Mosby Learning Podcast. My name is Dan Hurt, and I'm calling in from Mississauga, Ontario. Oh, and this is Cynthia Gibbs from a mysterious place in Texas. That's right, an undisclosed location in Texas. I surprised you there by introducing myself and then and then stopping talking. I, it seemed to have surprised you. <laughs> I'm used to a second person introducing themselves and then I'm the third. <laughs> That's right. Well, we have, as you heard, we have, uh, we've got just two of us tonight, and that's all right. Uh, we gave Adam the night off so he could uh, have a bowl of chicken noodle soup, I think, because he was under the weather. But that's all right. Everybody gets a pass sometimes. We've got some um, some cool stuff to talk about. And Gibbs, you had a look uh, at the, uh, I assume you looked at that military article at least, yeah? Yes, I looked at all of them. The TikTok Wonderful. one was a little confusing. Well, that's TikTok for you in a nutshell. Could and, have been and because I was on the phone with my father at the same time. <laughs> how's your dad? He is awesome. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> All right. If you want to find out uh, in the show notes how Cynthia's dad is, go to mosby.ca slash 024. And um, you can find all the show notes, all the links for the articles we're going to talk about tonight and anything else that we happen to stumble upon that we feel is appropriate to put in there, whether it's a picture of a guest or a picture of something that I've taken here recently. Uh, last, The last episode, I don't know if you guys heard that one, uh, that was episode 23 with um, Alex Salas, cool dude, who's got some cool stuff going on. If, you ha if this happens to be your first episode listening to us in the Mosby Learning Sphere, go check that out too, because that was a cool one. And the next episode um, I think I'm going to be talking to somebody from the mothership itself I'm going to be talking to somebody from ATD about okay, their competency model yeah that's right so that's going to be really cool I am uh, I am looking forward to that. Uh, you know what? One of the things that I did want to start off with is is just this kind of, this social media thing, man. I don't get it. I know this is a learning podcast, but we shouldn't ignore the fact that social media is part of our world. And I'm going to pull up my LinkedIn for a second because you know to to promote the episode. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll put together a little video and I'll put it out there. Mm -hmm. And I got very limited views of a video that I did recently. The one for for the Alex interview and I thought well this is strange I, you know I even did kind of some goofy uh, heads on sticks sort of stuff and I thought well this usually gets something but I only had I had it posted for maybe a day and I only got maybe 20 25 uh, views on there and LinkedIn counts uh, three seconds on your thing as a view and um, that might have um you know, that might have been my fault because I didn't like what, it and my 14,000 connections didn't see it. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> my faith in that number is a little shaky. Hey, I sent you a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you did. It could have been shopped. But um, but anyways, I thought it was really strange. So what I did was uh, last night, actually, because I was pissed off about this. I thought, well, why in the hell? This doesn't make any sense. And I'm not saying like, where are all my friends at? They're going to my party. I mean, I was saying that a little bit. But yeah, because you really I, don't have friends. So I, I don't. It's true. I don't. Um, I have to talk to you people on this thing. So no, I don't. <laughs> But so, so I put this little, so I thought I'm going to do this little test and I, I wrote on LinkedIn, I wrote, this is a test. Hi, exclamation point. That's, that was, that was everything that I had written. And, uh, what happened was 
I could not be prepared for what happened next. Uh, but it, it was kind of strange because at this point, at this point, that this is a test. Hi, exclamation point. It has 1,500 views. It has uh, 43 comments. And half of those, to be fair, half of those comments are me responding to other people. Uh, and it's got 17 people that I've given like a thumbs up or something like that. And the other thing, I checked it earlier, I think it had 70 views, the video. So it's just, it, they, they do these bizarre little algorithm things that just really, I don't understand what happens sometimes, and I need to do some more research there. Um, if, if I were to try to tie this into L&D, I think it would be along the, the, the ROI side of things and having to pull apart and tease out little bits of information from whatever metrics we have available. And you know what? I was talking with a guy today, actually, who, uh, who I, who's at the, my, my nine to five there. And, um, he commented on, there was kind of cool because I saw him in the uh-huh. hallway. He's like, Hey Dan, I'm like, Hey Naveen. Okay. So cool. You know, I got to meet the guy for the first time, but what he actually shared with me was that, um, if you put a link to like a hyperlink uh, in a LinkedIn post because Uh LinkedIn wants you to stay in their little LinkedIn universe. They're not going to promote those posts as heavily. Or, or in fact, they're not going to promote them necessarily at all, which which makes some level of sense. If you're LinkedIn, you want to keep people in your little world. But uh, yeah. it's just it's understanding the rules. And it's just like I say, with the metrics, it's, it's pulling apart those metrics. And we talked a little bit about this, uh, I think, a couple episodes ago, kind of the whole metrics thing. But uh, do you do you have a lot of like go to metrics that you have access to? For. Not LinkedIn, but like anything <laughs> like like do you, do you guys have dials that you can just kind of turn and say, OK, yeah, this or this or this? Is it is it like a, is it like a NASA center? Like is it Houston, the, the Houston no. NASA center or no? No, right. I think I mean, I think that's a struggle always, you know, since the 1800s when I started training. <laughs> they didn't even call it training back then. <laughs> so go do some uh, shit. Yeah, uh, you know, metrics is always, always tough. I think it's, you know, I think when it comes to production, yeah, it's, there's the metrics become a lot really important. But for the training, it's it's a fight we always battle, right? Well, even soft skills, like well, what would you do? Compare complaints? Yeah, I mean, I, you I could know. do that. I mean, but it could be very, I mean, from soft skills, it could be, you know, um complaints it could be better bureau complaints or it could be just uh, monitors you know are people getting better quality scores from those soft skills but it can also be so subjective right mm. well if you've got a complaint for us ladies and gentlemen <laughs> uh, mosby learning at gmail.com is where you can send that and we did uh, i don't know if you caught it gibbs we did have some listener mail in the last episode get so. out what, what yep. was it about yeah we did well you just kind of tipped your cards a little bit now we know you didn't listen <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks for listening to the podcast surprise surprise right <laughs> um yeah it was well it was basically calling adam wrong uh about his driverless car concepts and oh, oh about the, and both of us were like no truck drivers will always be around well, see, and, see and i think some of the listeners out there probably agree with us we're and disagree with, with him you but you know what? I, I'm okay with disagreement. If you go and disagree with me, with Gibbs, with Eli, whomever. <laughs> you know, you know, I was thinking, I, the funny thing, I was totally thinking about that because um, we um, went to an undisclosed location in New Mexico this weekend. Yeah. Okay. And, 
and we were driving, right? And it was so funny that you're talking about that because, you know, on our drive, you know, what were there? A lot of trains, right? And lots of truckers. Okay. Right? Yeah, and yeah. I was like, and somehow that came into my mind. I was like, yep. You know, trucks, uh, you know, the big semi-truck drivers, they'll always be around because it's still the biggest number way of us getting products and services to stores and everything. You know, and I was like, well, there's lots of trains, but, you know, the trains can't necessarily go to the store and deliver it. So it has to be loaded onto a truck. No, it's true. It's true. And, you know, and how you'll always need those truck drivers. You know, I really feel like... um I don't know. I, I, I feel like there are going to be some truck drivers, and this is not a topic for tonight, but there are going to be some. Of course there's going to be some. It's not all going to happen in five years. Man, I saw a quote from a guy. Hang on. I even copied that. Uh, this was So there's an article that we're going to talk about tonight. There's actually there's an article that has to do with AI, and it's, a, it's kind of a military-based one. And then there's another one that has to do with just uh, continual learning or the, the, the never-ending learning mm-hmm. of the workers of today and the workers of the future. And it references an IBM... It's a little scary, uh, that article. Well, it is. It's a, it's a little doom and gloom. But listen, so here's this uh, person, Ginny, uh, Ginny Rometty, the IBM chairman, president, and CEO, who said, uh, and this is this is like, I, got a, I had to click three layers of links to actually get to the report that this Forbes article references. Mm-hmm. But uh, it says, I expect AI to change 100% of jobs in the next five years. I don't think that's accurate. I don't either. Well, it says five to ten. I'm sorry. I should quote accurately. It says next five to ten years. But like 100% of jobs? So like the mom and pop corner store, maybe they have AI there? Or, you know, the, the let's say janitors. Uh, janitors who are mopping the floor and keeping things mm-hmm. clean. They're going to have an AI sort of... Like it's just... Like this is the sort of bullshit that drives me up the wall because that can't be accurate. It doesn't make sense. One of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight was training emergencies. And, you know, it's one of those things where I always remember, I remember joking about it. And I think as time goes on and as I see more of the world, the jokes are less funny because it's like, oh, God damn it. Why why do we actually have a training emergency? So in theory, they shouldn't happen. Well, you know, I was thinking about that today as I was reading the articles preparing for this. And I think maybe... I actually think there might be a few. I mean, like, and I don't think it's like a training department emergency, but I kind of took a different spin on it. If, and I was, I think it was that AI article we're going to talk about in a second with the military, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you, it's a, you, it's an emergency. Like, someone's choking. Could you do a quick micro learning okay. on your phone to okay. learn how to quickly do CPR? Now, that does that's, sound like TikTok learning right that's there. That's kind of like a training emergency, right? So I, I guess it kind of would be. Yeah, it kind of would be. In so, the case okay. of an emergency. If you look at it from the perspective of a learner that needs to learn something very quickly, I suppose you could look at yes. a lot of training emergencies. Now, let's look at a training department, uh, an L&D, a learning services team, whatever the hell you call yourself out there. Um, if we look at those, I, they're, they're, they're really... I think there really can be training emergencies. So you like got a, what? a well, you got a class of new people, let's say, and a system goes down. So obviously you need to tap dance a little bit, but that's 
kind of a situation. Now, one that I've run into recently is I've actually run into two recently, and I'm only going to share one of them because the other one's like, oh boy, <laughs> let's let's sort this out. I might share off air with you, but um, yeah, or or <laughs> MosbyLearning at gmail.com, folks. Uh-huh. You can go ahead and ask there. But um, so a situation where. And actually, we narrowly avoided this situation, but we've got uh, a thing that we're going to be rolling out soon. We've got a little pilot program we're rolling out soon. And there was something that wasn't necessarily on everybody's radar. It wasn't in the scope of the original plan. But as time progresses and as the dust starts to settle around these ideas, we realize that there was a missing basically a missing link in how to accommodate or how to accomplish the thing that we needed to accomplish. So all of a sudden I was looking at having to train a bunch of people in a very, very short window when I already had two or three other considerable projects on the go. So this, I would consider that a training emergency where all of a sudden you are in the flow of one thing and you've got like this deadline that's coming at you pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden they say, Oh, you know that deadline, you know, that situation you can't even get there if this problem's not solved first. So all that crunched time where mm-hmm. you're developing material, you're doing SME interviews, you're, you're vetting all sorts of stuff, all that's still there. And then you have to extra crunch and layer in like a whole separate program inside of that. So, um, let me ask you this, because I just mm. looked up the definition of emergency. Are you serious? Yes. You are a nerd. Yes. Um, a serious, unexpected, and often dangerous situation requiring yep. immediate action. Yep. So, I am... That whole dangerous, dangerous so far, changes you know. the whole concept. Well, it's certainly there. There was no bodily, uh, bodily danger, <laughs> bodily injuries, uh, anything like that. Bodily fluids. There was none of that stuff. Um, but it, it was definitely a mission critical sort of issue. Yeah. Now, I think what had to happen is we had to kind of adjust our. So we tailored or we adjusted. We nudged our expectations for that go live. Um, Okay. To accommodate, to accommodate the uh, the gap, it was just one of those things where it's like, holy shit, this is a real training emergency. And like I say, we narrowly avoided it, and we did it by kind of adjusting the acceptable actual training scope. So I guess the thing could be, for you could change that dangerous situation when it comes to mm-hmm. like a company, mm-hmm. where it's like. If it's a training emergency where if we the training doesn't take place, we're going to lose a lot of money. A, lo- a lot of, yeah, well, yeah, I think that's that's apt. I like that. that I mean, that's how I could see it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's not even money necessarily. Is okay, your business needs to, like, let's say you're implementing something to change something significantly. So there would be, like, a cost benefit. There's a savings. Yeah. There's an incentive. And now you're losing that or you're not being able to take advantage of that because well you never really want people to be like why can't we do this and everybody points their finger at training you don't want that to happen well Um, and it all goes back to you know how do you avoid i mean emergencies is you're more prepared and plan and things like that but i also go think back to 
I, from my experience, um, probably 85% to 90% of the things I have done or have seemed to be a trading emergency, I'm doing air quotes right now. I know you can't see it, but. For those that are watching the video feed of Cynthia, (laughs) you can appreciate those. Well, it really wasn't. And it it takes me back to the time matrix, right? Where you have the four Mm. and it's the, because people's emotions and circumstances and their sometimes high maintenance makes you feel like it's an emergency and urgent when really it's just them. Yeah, because you've got somebody yelling loudly in front of you to fix yes. it, but it's like, hmm, well, one, mm-hmm. that's your problem, so f- off. And um, to, of course, you wouldn't say that no. to a client, ladies and gentlemen. You wouldn't <laughs> say that, but you could say that. <laughs> but yeah, and I think, but then it's all, you know what I mean? But I think a lot of times, yeah, if there is a training emergency, it's a training team that figures out that it is. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I really think, and I, I hope a lot of people out there have the same sort of sentiment that I do. You know, I've talked to a couple people on my team, and, and I know that we do. It is, so, it, it gives me just this wonderful little dopamine hit every time I find an issue or a little quirk or some sort of weirdness that that nobody else has found yet. You know, that's, it's that's like, oh, hey, did weird, you? That's your ego. Did you, <laughs> well, maybe it's a little <laughs> bit, but I was like, did you guys know this was here? And it's like, oh my gosh, no, what is that? Should that be there? I don't know. And, and I, you know, I really think that that's part of it. Maybe that is, maybe there's just a certain, there's some folks in L and D that are like that. I mean, we're not all like me, thank God. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I think that is a fun part of the job. And I don't know. I, this, this is one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, training emergencies can happen. Although you're right. They shouldn't happen. And I think if we, um, really have the ability not always the case but if we have the ability to do a proper needs a needs analysis we interview all of the subject matter experts one could possibly hope to get a hold of we have a program manager that's really just got everything coordinated tip top mm-hmm. like perfect world no there are no training emergencies but and i again not, i think it goes perfect. back to from a company standpoint is if we don't get this training done immediately, then we're going to be losing out on a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it and again, it's something that it, you know. I look at this definition of emergency: immediate action requires immediate action, which to me, um, I think about you know of of a company. Am I allowed to say the company again? Last Who's that? I wasn't, when I worked at. No, you can't. Oh. No, I'll I'll be bleeping that out. Oh. Okay. Why? <laughs> yeah. Because because there is another three episode ban on. <laughs> okay, so I was on asking HSBC. you, and you were like, you were like, what? So, but okay, but there's an article. No, 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 no. We're okay. not talking about that. Okay. Adam so, put that there just okay. to irk me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Thank you for entertaining that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you out there, if you have a, a training emergency that you've experienced that was like, no, this is a legit emergency. We've got to sort this thing out right here and now. Uh, let me know. Let us know. Uh, MosbyLearning at gmail.com. And okay. Now, sometimes on this program, what we do is is we look at scenarios that the world brings us and we look at them through our LND lens and we say, is this a situation that training could fix? Can training fix it? 
And what we have is uh, this is a, a, a just another viral video that's uh, that's gone viral the past couple weeks uh, with. A couple characters in there. I'm sure you have seen or heard about this. This is a passenger on what the hell airline was this? I think it was American Airlines. American Airlines. I don't know. Let me see. Da, da, da. Yeah, American Air. And so this is this is a guy that's in the back row. His seat cannot recline, but the woman in front of him, her seat can recline. And what happens is, and there's a there's a great little video that this woman filming this this person behind her and I really try to present these scenarios as as plainly as possible I don't want to tip the table in any one particular way uh, so we can discuss this you know uh, earnestly and so this person in the back he can't recline and he's punching the seat of the woman in front of them who has reclined because he's not happy about that it's a guy um, I can, I, sorry it was the guy no. against the wall that why he couldn't recline that's right yeah okay. that's right okay. Which I mean, I've sat in that chair. That's that's not always the funnest thing because you can't do it. And Isn't interestingly, that the one usually next to the lavatory? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always get the best seats on flights. <laughs> it's 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 one step short of being in the lavatory. <laughs> um, I like that you called it a lavatory too. That kind of classes it up a little bit. What else do they? That's what they call it on the planes, isn't it? Toilet, a bathroom, a restroom. Washroom? I, I we thought, call them washrooms sometimes in Canada. I don't know. Uh, okay, next time you're on a plane, look at what they label it. A crapper. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, what do you, what do you think, Gibbs? With with this this character uh, in, in the sitting in the back row here, is this a training situation? Do you think do you think if this person was trained differently, or or was aware of of things a little bit more, that he might not have behaved in such a manner? Assuming he's at fault here. Maybe I shouldn't assume that. Well, I but. guess both of them. Like, I guess the lady who videotaped him or something was... You think so? Was She's, like, getting, like, mean comments, too. Well, it's because he was punching the back of her chair. No, she was getting mean t comments for saying... For t doing the video and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it is kind of strange, eh? Yeah. This whole situation is screwy. I, I, I don't know. I feel like the guy's just a jackass. But um, now that I presented... Are. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. It's true. But, you know, I try to at least present the scenario as, as, as plainly as I can without uh, tipping the well, scale. But yeah, part he, of me, has anyone heard from the gentleman? Uh, that's very generous of you. But no, I, I don't think so. Uh, well, I haven't followed the story that closely. I just saw the picture and rolled my eyes. Well, I maybe saw the video something's and wrong with him. Oh, you think he's maybe got some challenges in his life? Maybe. I don't know. And that's why he's hitting the back of her seat. Now, I don't... let me just ask you real quick. What sort of scenarios do you see being as an acceptable sort of condition for him to do that? Like maybe he's colorblind or um, <laughs> maybe he's just an asshole. Like does, Colorblind doesn't make you hit the seat. Exactly. What possibly maybe, would? Oh, okay. So maybe, 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 I don't know, maybe he has some kind of disability or mental disorder that we don't know about, which causes him mm. to do that. I guess I'm always like, let's hear both sides of the story. Should he have been hitting? it no but was he drunk or does he have some kind of disorder that no one's I ever guess, talked yeah. about he's um, got assholeitis who knows but i will tell you this I, I i and i'm not a big person i'm a small person considering um 
Considering what? <laughs> considering, um, <laughs> you know. What do you have to consider about that? Well, I like height. I'm not, you know. Oh. Um, I'm small. You're short for your height, yeah. Yes, short for my height. <laughs> but I hate it when I personally don't like it. I think they allow the seats to recline too far back, too. Yeah. And, and then they're in the end of this article, they're saying they're blaming the airlines. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. I, I uh, you know, know. what? It, your lot in life, you're in that chair. If you didn't want to be in that row, you should have paid for it to, to move somewhere else. But it's the luck of the draw. I mean, you don't. It's it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. And that's your hand. So deal with it. Okay. Well, I don't think it's a training issue. I think this guy's a jackass. And uh, if you disagree, let us know. Mosbylearning at gmail dot com. Yep. Let's move on to a couple articles. And actually. I bet we're going to get out of class early today, folks. Um, we'll touch on, what do we got? We got one, two, three, and that pretty much gets us home here. Uh, let's do that. You, you want to do that TikTok one first? Looks like you're heading in that direction. Sure. Explain it to me, though. TikTok one. For, okay. So, <laughs> well, you know, Adam and I have briefly talked about TikTok. I am not on TikTok. Are you familiar with it at all? Is your, is your boy uh, on TikTok? No, my son's not on TikTok, but we have a, a colleague when you used to work with us who actually sends me a lot of TikTok videos mm, mm-hmm. and I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, just like goofy throwaway little silly videos. Well, you know? and he'll send it to me and then it's like three or four seconds long and then it moves to a totally different unrelated yeah. another video and I'm like, well, what yeah. was I really... And you just, you had just got your bifocals on yeah. to see the content. Well, and I'm sitting there going, I don't understand. <laughs> why you sent this to me or what it's about you know what it reminds me of um do you remember america's funniest home videos Mm -hmm. now that's still going i think right there was after a few years of america's funniest home videos they came out with america's funniest people which was the same thing, but it was just people doing silly, goofy stuff intentionally. Like, funny videos, they were just, they people were recording, and then, oh, look, mm-hmm. another guy got kicked in the balls. But it's, it just, it was, it was funny, uh, but it was not intentional. But then they had people that, and this America's Funniest People, that were intentionally doing those silly things and trying to do, like, funny bits. So that and, brings us to a whole other thing. So finish your sentence, and then we're going to digress for a second. Okie doke. <laughs> um, well, but that's what I feel like TikTok is. It's people that are just leaning into the silly. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's that's my impression of it. Now, uh, just real quick before we digress, TikTok, far as I know, partially owned by the Chinese government. And I've heard a uh, former CIA guy talk about this platform as not like government employees, United States government employees with corporate devices aren't allowed to have this on their devices mm. uh, because they're concerned. They have their little tinfoil hats on and they say, mm, I don't want China having my stuff. So that's that's what I've heard about. Well, do you remember that face app, though? Like this is uh-huh. and this is something that we have to consider. D- data security is important for all of us. There was Absolutely. that face app that made everybody look old and it was hilarious. We had mm-hmm. a great laugh. And then we realized, oh, this is headquartered out of like St. Petersburg or something and you just gave all your photo image rights to that company in St. Petersburg. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You're screwed. Um, so, you know, th- this is just another one of those things that I don't know. Th- and this is me again, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. But I realize that I'm being a little paranoid about this. Okay. That being said, we're going to talk about an actual educational side of this. 
So do you remember a little while ago, I think, gosh, I think it was October maybe, I went to a Cornerstone Converge conference and they were talking about nano training or yes. nano learning mm-hmm. and I, I was skeptical. Now, I'm not saying I'm not skeptical, but I'm, I'm kind of starting to get it a little bit. And one of the reasons that it's starting to make sense to me is a lot of platforms seem to have social platforms seem to have a version of a story, whether it's, I know YouTube has their stories. Instagram has their stories. I imagine Facebook has something similar, but I'm not on there. So I, I wouldn't what really do you know mean by se. stories. Well, that's okay. So they, they call these things stories. So even if uh, like on YouTube, uh-huh. YouTube's a regular, like a video channel, right? You go there and there's a regular video, Yeah. but they have these things called stories where the people that host a channel, they can put they're usually vertically, uh, you record them vertically instead of horizontally, and it's just them talking into their phone for a second or telling you about a promotion for a second or sharing a thing for a second. And it's the same thing on Instagram. Okay. Where, uh, um, so TikTok seems to be almost exclusively like that, like a 15 second little, little goofy, silly video, but they're putting in place this, or they have put, this was actually in October they did this. Uh, Was that what this is from, I think? Yeah, October 17th is when this article's from, but I found it via Instagram the other day. They're putting this, they have this hashtag, this edutalk hashtag, so that's E-D-U-T-O-K, and here's kind of the interesting part for me, is they're bringing all these people in, they're bringing... This is what blows my mind. They're bringing 5,000 creative individuals into uh, across 25 different workshops. So these are on average about 200 people that are going to a new workshop where this one person who's called Josh Talks. So I imagine that's just his his TikTok name or whatever, but he's hosting these sessions and he's helping people kind of lean into that idea uh, of edu talk. And so they can have, I think they called it Democrat democratizing learning. Now, I, I don't know if it's going to work. This seems like it's a very, um, a very big platform in India. I mean, it's, it seems like it's going big everywhere, but it seems like it kind of started in India. Or so it feels like what that. are these workshops? The work. Oh, oh, so I'm sorry. Maybe I wasn't clear about that. The workshops are bringing in like medium tier influencers on TikTok to teach them more about how to use the edu talk sort of concept and how to build maybe educational content. So what I thought was interesting. Okay, this is, I I agree. I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> like I I hear you. Believe me. But what I thought was interesting is they are. They're pulling people out of their ecosystem. Mm -hmm. They're bringing them into a place and they're saying, hey, here is how you can do this better. And it got me thinking, is that something that we could do in our workplaces? So maybe there's influencers in each individual department or each division or whatever. Like how often or, or wouldn't it be something if we brought those people in and said, hey, here's how you can, you know, build a better mousetrap. And then we sent them back out to their groups. I don't know. I thought that was. I thought that would be something that at least that, that's worth considering to, um, to like I say, to find those people in in your organization, whoever they happen to be, and and just try to help them level up their skill set so that they can be. I like. I really like the term force multiplier, and they can be like a force multiplier and go out to. They can go back to their group and do the things that they do even better and help other people with that. Uh-huh. So maybe like a local champion. You're kind of building a local learning champion. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Great. Next article. Um, is there anything <laughs> else you wanted to uh, to throw in on that one? Well, I, I'm just like, wow. I'm, I'm just like short form mobile videos. Just yeah. interesting, I think. And all your data goes to China. Okay, speaking yes. of military. But it doesn't um, say it's, well, yeah, Beijing. Yeah. Created by Beijing. You know how they are over there. Mm-hmm. They love their data. Uh, especially when it's ours. Okay, so do you did you want did you have a good look at that military one? You want to talk through that guy? Um, I read it, but you go ahead. Okay, so this is from military.com, and and this is again one of those kind of things that it seems like as we comb through the material that is brought to us, brought to our doorstep, there seems to be a bit of a thread. And one of them is military training. That's a big, important thing. This is actually interesting because last week when we were talking to Alex, he started off in the Navy. And that was one of the big pieces that influenced his direction in not only in life, but into learning and development. I'm kind of glad it did. But this uh, this article, military.com, it's called uh, How the Army and Air Force Integrate AI Learning into Combat Training. Now, I, I had like a good look article. through. You said you did or you didn't? I did. You did. Wonderful. Um, what did you like about it? Um, I liked it because it's it, it talked about, I mean, it goes along the whole theory is you can give a lot of training, et cetera, and have the best training in the world. But if they don't immediately apply it, it's not, it's hard to retain. And sure. so, you know, and so what this article talks about is, um, in it, and the, what I like about it is it's not saying AI is going to replace the actual instructor led training that everyone takes, but it's going to help them out in the moment. So it's almost like that, a, a different kind but the kind of same just-in-time training you know mm. so yeah you may have learned how to do it seven months ago in training but you've never had to apply what you learned and now all of a sudden you have to so you use this ai to to do it right then and there yeah so there's this company that the this is the army Sirango. and the air force right. yeah i think that's how you pronounce it is it a hard g soft c you know soft soft g hard c i don't know um Cerigo, though i think is what it's called uh anyhow so what they do is it seems like they have a lot of their courseware put on these tablets the uh personnel they go through the courses and through this Cerigo software that it, it kind of is able to tell where the tester is either mm-hmm. doing well or not doing well and then it reinforces those spots where it's not doing well now this this was kind of interesting because I've heard things elsewhere and maybe this was just like raw 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 stuff that says you should focus on your strengths and if you just focus on your weaknesses well you're, you're not going to do great but if you focus on the strengths well they'll go even further but I imagine there's a level of competence that military personnel have to show across a bunch of different stuff and it said uh what do we see here they're they're completing things in less time that was interesting so the uh ceo paul muma paul yeah that's right told military.com so you can complete training in 40 percent less time with a marked improvement over traditional methods so 
the platform is able to recognize, like I say, where the person that's completing it is not doing as well. And then it kind of compensates. And not only that, it also has this feature in there that does kind of the uh, the testing uh-huh. So it, it's checking in more frequently on those things to it kind of kind of uses the analogy of building the muscle memory of those responses and, and continuing to reinforce those learning connections so that people don't forget uh-huh. them. So you have better retention afterwards. And uh, yeah, it says even in here still, even with the time it took to teach the Army TCCC course was cut in half from 12 hours to fewer than six. So, I mean, that's something. That's something. Yeah. It's just, I I don't know. The more I'm learning about, I guess, the world, and to be honest, that's one of the reasons why I like having a platform like this, because it forces my hand to look at stuff like this and to try to figure it out. And the AI thing, there's still, I mean, there's still, that's a lot of magic and it's a lot of Greek to me, but I get it at least, you know, I think I'm starting to get it. All right. Was there anything else in that article that, uh, that you thought was interesting you wanted to pull out? No, but I'm finding the military articles that we have in our podcast are some of the better ones. I like them. I you know, like I them. think, yeah, and how they use training and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, also well, that, it comes with discipline and structure and consistency. Yeah. That's why. Sure, sure, sure. The, I, I would really love uh, once I find, you know, once I have two grown children and less of a job, I think I'd like to learn more about the uh, uh, kind of just military's history and experience Mm -hmm. with developing learning platforms, learning systems, anything like that. Because that was interesting talking with Alex last week. He had mentioned that it was, I don't know what branch of the military, but a branch of the military or possibly the whole damn thing together. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But they came up with Addy. That's where Addy came from in the 70s. Well, and here's the, you know, when we were talking about earlier about training emergency. Mm Mm-hmm. In the military, you know, in this article says a lot of times they have to deal with life or death situations. Mm-hmm. And this AI stuff helps them to deal with that. Oh, for sure. You for know? sure. Yeah, you want those people to be trained up as, as best as yeah, anybody, so, you know, like so your first responders. Same thing. You got uh-huh. They have to be absolute stone cold killers, you know, in the worst set of circumstances. And this is one of those things, one of those apps that just in time there's an emergency someone's about to die <laughs> there you Let go me figure out how to, how to save them uh, all right i've got one more article here to to touch on and this is from forbes.com this is from last week so it's a pretty fresh article and this is one of the first forbes articles that didn't say paid programming uh, so that i think in and of itself is noteworthy um, I don't know if you've been following along, but it seems like a lot of the uh, the reason I bring that up, folks, is it seems like a lot of the articles that we see from Forbes that have to do with L and D in some way, shape, or form, they're all basically written by the CEO or the marketing executive of a company that has a product that wants to sell it to you. So this one doesn't have that, and it says that the headline is the really good and really bad news on lifelong learning and uh yeah this one like i say this one came from well it came from forbes but some of the source material was largely 
pulled from a report that was from IBM. And I think that report one day deserves its own conversation. And it was from the last year or two. So it's a it's a recent report. And they kind of mash up a couple ideas in here. But there's some interesting stuff in here. And, and the punchline of this, the punchline says, you know, the really good and really bad news on lifelong learning. <laughs> so the, the good news is everybody's going to do it. The bad news is everybody's not going to be good at it. I think that was, if I could put it in a nutshell, they they seem to imply that there have been studies done that show that some people happen to be lifelong learners. And, you know, I've... The, the more I see uh, people on LinkedIn, the more I tie into people. And, you know, LinkedIn's one of those things where a lot of folks have, some, have, have a whole lot of credentials on the end of their name. And I think we're going to be actually interviewing one of them in the not too distant future but uh man man some people have a lot of credentials on the end of their names we should and just make up letters i'm a oh yeah no, z487 I have. I have, yeah. yeah oh i've got i've got z489 so <laughs> Um, But uh, what they say, and and the reason why they say that some people are good at it, some people are bad at it, they say that people that get, where did this say? Somewhere it says people that get master's degrees or like postgraduate, people that have those postgraduate degrees, they usually are lifelong learners. Yeah, this article is kind of depressing, I'll be honest. It's a bit of a downer, (laughs) I suppose. Yeah, well, there's a choices this week, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew you could handle it, you know. There, well, there's another thing in here that says, da, 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 in the next three years, I'll just read the whole sentence. Uh, then there's the recent IBM report that predicts more than 120 million people will need upskilling or reskilling in the next three years, and that the average length of training needed to close skill gaps has increased from three days to 36 days in just five years' time. I don't know how the hell they come up with that. And that's that's why I really want to spend some time with that IBM report and say, how the hell do you come up with this? Because to say in, in five years' time, we go from the average skill gap takes only three days to close compared to over a month to close. So what is the skill set? And, and is this one of those things where are we getting back into that learn to code territory where it's like, well, they need to learn Python if they're going to have to have a job or, you know, is it just they need to learn a different model of X? So I don't know where the hell that's coming from. Or a from. different way of just doing their job. Yeah, but 36 days, that's learning a whole new freaking job. Like, the, the, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's because people change jobs so much. Well, okay, so let me track back one sentence. Uh, we've already heard some of the... <clears throat> sorry. We've already heard some of the statistics that project people will have as many fifty as many as fifteen different jobs over their working lifetime. So, so when, are so when I saw yeah. that, it was like like fifteen jobs, as in different jobs at different companies, like they move jobs. Seems like it. Or Seems like is it. it like I went from being a waitress? to an architect to a school teacher to a judge yeah uh that reminds me of the show the pretender did you ever watch that show (laughs) yes every week he was a new he had a new career but he was so smart he could do it um so that's that's my question or is it i've worked at chase wills fargo yeah, I think that's it. I don't. Th- I don't think it's complete career. You can, you can only turn 180 degrees so many times, yeah. you know. But uh, okay, so if we look at basically onboarding, 36 days to learn your role, 
That makes sense. Compared to three days to learn a new responsibility that's part of your existing role. Um, but to close I don't know. skill gaps. That seems like a stupid thing because nobody's going to be like if you're an accountant in one place, you're probably not going to become an underground welder at another. You're going to become an accountant at a different place. Well, you know and, what I mean? And then as you go further down, there are like people who uh, babies born in 2012 can are going yeah. to live to 100. I mean, that, yeah, I, I'm not well, so, old, but, the, but, you know, I'm older than you. Well, you but sure I'm are. Like, I can't remember half the shit right now. And I'm, like, not even halfway to 100. Well, they how, say that 80 is the new 70. Yeah, but how, I mean... But but I think that's the point, where we have to... And this this is where they're coming from on this. It, it is a rather bleak view that they're saying you're not going to get a chance to retire. You're going to be working for a long-ass time because you're going to be alive for a long-ass time, so you got to pay for that. So you have to continually upskill your skill set because, I mean, look how quickly stuff moves So out. how do so we, The at stuff at that we're going to be age, doing, I have no doubt that at least what we're doing in 30 years, completely different. So how it will do be we... Complete, learning is going to be just a completely different beast. I don't know what that's going to be, of course, because if you look 30 years back... It was totally different. I mean, you're it, it's acetate sheets. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not it's not Camtasia. But I, but here we yeah. are in a world where Camtasia and articulate rise are just as common as acetate sheets were back then. Secret love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tell you, let, let's try to reset here briefly. Um, my, ladies and gentlemen, minor technical difficulty, but we, you know, we'll call this a podcast emergency and we handled it like absolute pros. But so I did have a thought about this, too, when um, so there is a big push from some individuals. Uh, notably Silicon Valley, a couple of folks there, and uh, the, the now defunct Democratic candidate Andrew Yang for universal basic income. And I was thinking, well, doesn't this article, doesn't this concept of lifelong learning kind of go against the, the idea of universal basic income? Like, I don't know, like there's this on on one side and of course the world doesn't naturally fit together and be harmonious. But, Mm -hmm. you know, on one end you got people saying, well, you know, maybe we can just give you a stipend and and that'll sort you out. And then you can become a painter part time and and pay your bills that way Uh, or, you know, live, live whatever life you want to live. But then you've got folks that are ones like writing this article and who wrote that? I should have their name in front of me. But I don't. This is uh, Brandon Busteed. He's a contributor at Forbes. And yeah, where where he's saying, hey, you know what? Uh, You're going to live a long ass time. You had better get your game together when it comes to upskilling yourself. And I don't think he's wrong. You know, I think regardless, we need to be able to upskill ourselves. You know, my dad, he um, he got his uh, AZ license. I don't know if they call it the same thing down there. Basically a truck driving license. And mm-hmm. he got that when he was like, I don't know, he, uh, 50, he might have been pushing 60, maybe maybe late 50s <laughs> when he 15. got that. <laughs> no, but well, and you know, and he went back to college in his late 30s, early mm-hmm. 40s. So he's definitely done that. Um, and I, th- I think that that's one of those things that we have to do. And that's one of the reasons why, again, why I want to do a podcast like this to well, keep pushing those boundaries forward. And yet there was an article the other day I saw or something. I can't remember where. I love your sources, by the uh, way. Well, and they were talking Tight. about how 
we need people to learn how to be plumbers and electricians. Mm. Oh, and skills. Yeah, skilled trades for sure. Skill trades because the um, people nowadays just want to pay someone to fix everything and not learn how to do it themselves, mm-hmm. which makes well, this article even scarier. Yeah, and, and it's ironic because... There's such a ridiculous thing. I'd like to thank Bill Gates for the insane push towards STEM. And like the if, if you're not in STEM, it seems like you're considered an absolute goddamn failure, which mm-hmm. is so silly because without trades, like we have nothing <laughs> like but, nothing yeah, works completely. You know, but you think about it even, you know, we pay people to mow our lawns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, because we don't we don't we just want people to do it i know hey well you know what maybe we just need to learn how to uh, drive a riding lawnmower and then we'll be okay well and we can retire we can ride into the sunset Mm -hmm. because we even look at this of like we have to be lifelong learners and new 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 skills how do you do that when like even i have a, a relative who has all his groceries delivered has does DoorDash for every single single meal, everything. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even get up off my ass to go buy McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, agoraphobia is a terrible thing. All right, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think that's it. I'm gonna put all those show or all those in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. Mosby.ca/slash zero two four. And um, Cynthia, where can folks find you? With my almost fourteen thousand connections on LinkedIn. You can be. You too can become one of those connections, ladies and gentlemen. One of those connections. If you're not already. Although I am becoming more selective. (laughs) (laughs) I'd hope so. Well, hang on. After fourteen thousand, then you're like, "Uh, I don't know about you, bub. (laughs) Yep, I am. That's the sad thing. All right. You can find uh, some things from the show at uh, on Twitter. Mosby Learning is that handle there. You can email us, of course, MosbyLearning at gmail.com. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to mention my stuff, and then I'm going to mention one more name tonight. So you can find me on LinkedIn, which is where I do all my social experiments, uh, except for the ones that are on Instagram, where you can find me as Dan Talks Training, and then on Twitter, it's Dan Talks L and D. And I do want to thank uh, Kevin McLeod and uh, his work that we find in Incompetech for the music that you hear tonight. And uh, you can go to that website and check that out. And of course, I'm going to keep that linked in the show notes. So that's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. I guess my question is, is what is science? What is science? Is that your question? Yeah. What is science? I like the direction this is headed already.